Hi, welcome to Into ETV. I'm Peggy Robinson. Today's guest is Wayne Fowler. And you're in Australia? I'm in Australia, yes. So that's cool. And um, you had a near-death experience. I did. Uh, ultimately, I've had a, a couple of them, but the, the most important, the life-changing one for me uh, was this first one that we're going to be able to discuss uh, today, and then I want to tell everybody about. So uh, would you like me to just jump in there? And, yeah, and, thank you. And, yes, thank you. Uh, I, I believe, of course, before we had the introduction, I had uh, mentioned, of course, that I, I didn't grow up as a, as a Christian or in a Christian home or anything like that. Uh, but uh, when I grew into adulthood, although I believed that there was a God, I didn't know who or what that was. Now, it, it's very interesting. I mean, I at least looked around and I could, I could see, wait a minute, that something bigger than me made all of this, right? Like, and, and it just made perfect sense to me. I'm, I'm just going, I, I just couldn't see uh, and it just didn't make any sense to me that it just went poof out of nothing. I was like, really guys? Uh, so no, I'm not thinking so. But I didn't know at the time. I mean, here's this person saying this one thing, another person saying another thing. And so I just didn't know. Um, what ended up happening is after I was married um, and, uh, and our children were young, we had uh, two children at the time, uh, I, they had gotten to an age where I had felt that it was important to be able to introduce them to spiritual things. Um, I didn't want to like force any ideas onto them. Uh, I wanted them to be able to, to have that experience and be able to make a decision for themselves. Well, I discussed with my wife, just, you know, okay, how do we do that? What does that look like? And she had uh, thought, well, okay, let's discuss it. And I said, you know what? Uh, I remember back when I was a little boy that there was this thing called, what was it? What was it? Ah, vacation Bible school. You know, and she went, oh, yeah, I remember that. Uh, she was actually, she was uh, brought up in a Christian home, but she had ultimately had walked away from the Lord during that time that I had met her. But uh, she, she thought that was a great idea. Ultimately, we ended up finding this place, uh, this church that was, that had a buzz, can do them and, and do all the logistics and everything and bring them there. And we discovered that the pastor of this church had actually been her uh, choir leader back when she was a little girl and uh, at this other church in Beaumont, Texas. Uh, and, uh, and just as a, a side deal, I'm in Australia now, but I'm, I'm a Texas boy. So, oh, okay. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Uh, I grew up in East Texas, and uh, my wife and I lived in Dallas, Fort Worth, for uh, for a couple of decades. 
And so anyway, uh, we ended up finding this church and it was a Pentecostal church. I didn't know anything about them, but that wasn't the point. The point was to get our kids there and kind of let them see what was going on. And they would have something enjoyable to, to do. As it turns out, then, of course, I end up uh, getting in contact with the pastor. We start having meetings and that sort of thing and discussing things about uh, Jesus, which was interesting to me, but still noncommittal on my part, right? <laughs> Let's fast forward. Then we get to a week before Halloween in 1989, and um, the pastor tells me that there's this evangelist that's coming in. They're going to have this uh, week-long revival and uh, said, based on discussions that we had had, he said, I think you're really going to like this guy if you would, uh, wouldn't mind coming to see him. And I said, all right, sounds good. Well, I do. And I was. I was just really, I thought, wow, I'm I'm learning so much. I like the details, and you'll you'll hear this as we go along. I, I end up enjoying that a lot. Uh, and I so the first day goes by, I'm thinking like, my goodness, I've learned more from this guy in one day than I've known about this Jesus guy for most of my life. <laughs> and uh, the pastor asked me, "Is it going like?" Well, what do you think about coming tomorrow? And I went, hmm, yeah, sounds good. And same thing happens. Well, as a side note to this, as this goes, I'm really starting to feel, you yeah, know, there's something going on here. I'm not knowing what, but something palpable. And so that third day, what ends up happening is our kids end up coming back with chicken pox. And it was bad. And then, of course, they were uh, thinking like, oh, what are we going to do for Halloween and that sort of stuff? And I said, we'll talk about it later and that sort of deal. Uh, and so I go to that third day. And once again, I'm just, wow, wow, it, where did this guy come from? Why hadn't I known about all this stuff? Like, you know, that kind of deal. Uh, I'm, I'm really not knowing. I know now I was being drawn but I didn't know it then. And so I'm just like, this is so interesting, cool. Uh, I don't know how to put a finger on it, but yeah, I want it. So then the, uh, I'm thinking about, I want to go again. And then what happens is I get the chicken box. And now just as, just as a note, um, I had had them when I was a kid. I didn't think you were supposed to get them again. And Peggy, this was bad. I was in Hertzville. I started running an intense temperature. I was hurting. My whole body felt like I was in a vice. I was covered in red dots everywhere, all over my body. I was miserable. And I ended up going to the doctor and I'm trying to figure out what is this? Because I didn't think that's what it was, but it turns out doctor says, yeah, sorry, Mr. Fowler. Yeah, it's, it's the chicken box. And as an adult, it's really tough on you. I understand. And I'm like, 
but I, I thought you couldn't get them again. He said, well, it's very rare, but you can. And, uh, and I went, oh, great. <sighs> well, I go home and I talk to my wife and, and I'm, I'm wanting to, to be able to go. And, and this is of course, then the, now the uh, day before the Halloween one, the last, uh, last one that's going to be there. My wife asked me, uh, and she comes up and talks to me and she says, baby, can I tell you something? I said, sure, honey. She said, I know you don't believe in the devil and that sort of thing, but could you just hear me out? What if, what if what I'm telling you is true? What if it's the devil that's trying to keep you from going? What would you do then? And I looked at her and I said, you know what? I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. If this is a devil and he's trying to keep me from going, then that tells me that there's something he's not wanting me to receive. I'm going. So she was really excited about it. And, and I was too, but I'm saying like, I'm going to have to come up with a plan on how we, how we're going to do this. Right. And, um, I, because of course I'm, I'm still in a very bad state. I'm not sure what to do. So we devised this plan to be able to protect everybody else, not to get near anybody, that sort of thing, but to make sure that we could go. And, uh, and so what we do is we have this plan. We're going to wait for everybody to get into the, uh, the service. And then we're going to end up coming in, let her go in and find us a place in the back. And uh, then when the, the service is started and the worship is, is started, I can see and she can, I will then come in a couple minutes later, covered up in a, in a hoodie and everything. So people can't see me and they're not scared off like it's some creature from the Black Lagoon or something. And, uh, and then I can come in, we can uh, still try to enjoy the service. Well, that's what we do. Uh, and so I end up going, the kids then, what I tell them is they've got these costumes on. Now they're by this time, they're already past all the bad stuff, but just to be on the safe side, I'm going ahead, letting them put on their costumes. They can sit there, keep the door closed. We have this window, you know, a uh, uh, door, a, a door that's just a plate glass window. And I said, when the kids come up there, you can come out, just hand the bucket outside the door and let them grab something, right? And the kids say, oh, okay, that sounds like a great idea. So they're going to do that. And, uh, and we're going to be able to go to the service, which is just down the street. And so uh, our, uh, uh, my son was older, so he's able to, uh, to be able to watch out for them. There's no problem there. And so we end up going in. She goes in, finds us a place. Well, the interesting thing about it is she finds this, and I didn't know what this was, Peggy. It was an usher's pew. Uh, it's just this tiny little thing. It's just big enough for one, maybe two people. And it's at the back of this uh, service area in the, uh, in the church. And it's such a rather large church, holds about 1,500 people. So anyway, 
she finds that and calls me in. We go in, I sit down, and then I'm thinking like, well, I, I, I must have come up with a cool idea. Uh, we're not around anybody. This is completely separate and we go in there. And so the service is starting. And, and then this song comes on uh, that they start singing. And it, it, it really touched me, always has, but it really touched me in a deep way there. It's our God is an awesome God. I love that. Well, yes. And, and, and of course, they've got it up on a screen in front and, and everyone is singing the, the first chorus of it. And then I get into it and I can just feel something rising in me. And I start belting it out and I'm really singing and I'm just really getting into it. And at that moment, I, you know how you feel when somebody's looking at you and, and you, you just catch it, you just realize that and you look over uh -huh. and I realized that Denise was looking at me. And so I just kind of glanced and then I looked again and she's looking at me like this. And I, I stopped singing and I looked at her and I said, baby, what's wrong? And like my singing that bad? <laughs> yeah, well, it, 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 she says, you need to go to the bathroom. And I, I said, no, I don't. <laughs> and she says, yes, you do. And you need to go right now. And I'm, just like you're saying, I'm like, okay. And so I get up. I'm trying to think, did somebody see me? I'm not covered up well. Like, you know, what's uh -huh. going on? Uh, and so I end up going out in, into the vestibule, go into the men's restroom, and I walk into the bathroom. I go in front of the sink. I put my hand on the sink, and I'm just trying to figure out what, what on earth is the problem? What is she wanting me to see? I'm trying to look around. Everything looks okay. I'm not exposed that couldn't be it and then i'll look at the mirror just like this and i'm going i just don't uh... and then i i see and i draw real close and then i reach up and grab the hood on this hoodie and i take it down and uh, uh all of the box are gone Wow. Everything is gone. And I, I'm thinking like, it's it. Are my eyes playing tricks on me? It's like getting real close. Nope. There, I look at my arms. There's nothing there. I undo the front of my shirt. I look at my chest. There's nothing there. I'm thinking like, whoa, whoa. I got chills. Whoa. <laughs> it's me chills right now. Just every time I re recall it, I was going, nothing in my life has ever done that anything like that for me right and and all of these things are going through my I'm, i've been i've i've been healed i've been what does that mean what does that mean how does this happen what, the, something i was supposed to be here i was supposed to be here i was supposed to be here and then suddenly this just this courage and this power just kind of I'm just like whoa okay and I take off this hoodie and I come marching <laughs> back and 
into the church and I open up the door. Well, uh, Denise is, is she's waiting back and looking at me and I'm walking in <laughs> and, I, and she's got this smile on her face. And I said, I've been healed. And she goes, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> so, so I'm like, now I know what the deal is, but I don't have to cover up anymore, Peggy. Nothing like that. And now I am fully expecting something. I don't know what, but I'm fully expecting something. Something is already happening. Push down to the end of this service. There's an altar call made. Now I'm all the way back at the back of this service. And they make that altar call. And Peggy, I'm not kidding you. I was the first one there. I you was like running as fast as I could. <laughs> you know, you've got a pew that's just a few feet from the very front of the platform. I, I was there before any of them. And, uh, and I was there expected to receive. Didn't know what? Again, like I said, but I was expectant to. Uh, a couple of minutes later, of course, Denise manages to catch up with me. And she's by my side. And we go through the whole thing. And we're... Uh, you know, I, I, I'm walked through the sinner's prayer. I'm everything. And I'm listening intently. Excuse me. I mean, listening intently to every word now. And in this instance, when I'm asked to surrender my heart to God, I'm all in all in, holding nothing back. I know this is, this is why I'm here. That's what this is for. And so everybody's then praying to be filled with the Holy Spirit, right? So uh, as a Pentecostal church, and I'm praying and I'm praying and then nothing happens. And uh, so after a few minutes, I'm just like, kind of open my eyes and I'm looking around and I'm just like, why not? After all of this, why not? And uh, I look over at my wife and there's obviously something happening to her. And, and I thought to myself in that moment, well, maybe it may not be for me today, but I can pray for her. And I can pray for her to be filled with the spirit. And so I lay my hands on her and I begin to pray for her. And Peggy, that's when it happened. <laughs> I, I know now, I didn't know then. Uh, that's when I turned my mind off of myself and onto someone else. That is what he was looking for. And I was filled with the electrocution of love is the only way that I can kind of describe it. It just filled me up. It was just this power, this energy that just started from my connection with her into my body and it filled me up. And then my hands just like naturally flew up and I started praising God. And what I didn't understand is I was praising in a language I had never spoken before. And, and 
it wasn't for anybody else. It was just me to God, right? And uh, and so, but I don't know, like the, the tongues of angels, that's what it is. This heavenly language is just pouring out of me. There's no control of it. But in my mind and everything, I'm just praising God, right? So, and then suddenly what happens is almost like in front of me to around me, this pink mist just envelops me and the church, the sanctuary, everything, all the people and everything disappear. And I am, I'm just lost in it. It's, it's like this, like, like I said, like this pink mist and I'm just completely like enveloped in it and praising God, feeling these waves of love, just like ocean waves, just crash over me, you know, that sort of thing. And in that moment, I hear the audible voice or audible to me, that's like the only way it was very loud. So audible voice of God, tell me, Wayne, today I have begotten you. Well, I didn't know what that meant, though. I'd never heard that kind of language before. I knew it was something good. And I found, of course, I found out later, uh, he was telling me that I was born again. At that moment, I became his. And I'm thinking, as this is happening, this is only like a few minutes have passed. But then I feel this rumbling in my chest. And I, I wait a minute, and I'm thinking like, what was that? And then I feel it again. And I, I feel like I'm being kind of pulled out, kind of pulled backwards. Uh, and I realize, wait a minute, I'm in this other place and I'm being pulled back into reality as it were. And I'm not wanting to go, but I can't stop myself. And what I realize, the pastor, I, 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 I'm thinking like my eyes are shut and, and I try to open them and just kind of squint through them because the, the light it, it, uh, is just very, uh, very bright and it's hurting my eyes and my face is covered in tears. And what this rumbling was is the pastor is standing there and he's got his arm around me and he's patting my chest. And I'm, I'm trying to look around as my eyes acclimate and I can see the pastor. I can see the pastor's wife. I'm there. My, my wife is to my left-hand side. There's no one else, no one else. And I said, where is everybody? And the pastor said, son, they've been gone for four hours now. And I was like, what? He said, you have had such an amazing touch of God. Do you realize you were baptized tonight? And I said, 
I'm trying to think back and I have like this vague memory, like almost like a dream, right? I said, that was me? He said, yes, son. Uh, and he said, there were, you were one of 32 people that were baptized tonight. He said, 12 people just came and touched you and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And I said, really? He said, yes. And then behind him, of, of course, is, uh, is his wife and she's got her hands over her face. She's just in tears. She's just bawling. And she said, Wayne, Wayne, that was such an amazing experience. You have had such a touch of God. And just in the middle of all of this too, every, I would still feel these waves would just kind of, and my hands would go back up and I would be in praise again. And then it would just subside a little bit so I could try to look at it. She said, Wayne, you have to be careful now. And I said, why? She said, the devil's going to want to steal what you just got. And I said, okay. I, I, again, I, this is all new to me, right? And I didn't know. I, I knew that it was something important, but I just didn't have a clue as to what that ultimately meant. How much time passed for you? For me, it was like I said, it seemed like four or five minutes. Uh, and, and I was standing there the whole time. That's what I'm saying is from, from my standpoint, I, I was lost in this sea of love, like I said, and everything else was gone. I didn't realize I was actually in like some other realm. I, I, I didn't quite know what it was. I didn't, I had never had anything like this before. But what the love they, was it. What, what did they see in that four hours? You just stand in there? Uh, yes. Uh, that's, I, I was standing there praying in the spirit. And so they could hear the heavenly language. They could see the everything else. And that's what I'm saying. So apparently, because like I said, I didn't know that it was so powerful that it, it actually changed the service. And uh, so in other words, because the, the move of God was so strong, that's why people were coming. They wanted to be in contact with me because they wanted an impartation of this spirit or whatever was on me because it was so powerful. Um, I, but I did myself, I was completely unaware of it. And, uh, and so with all of this happening, and with everything, with the servant, like I said, it was since all of this happened at the end of the existing service, it was very late uh, at this point. And uh, I'm sure that the pastor and uh, his wife and my wife were, were thinking, you know, if they had left me there, there's no telling how long I would have been, uh, been there. But for me, I'm, I loved it. I had never experienced up to this point. I had never experienced a love like this before. Uh, it was so strong. And, 
and it was so good. I I didn't I wanted all of it that I could possibly get. And get that that'll lead into this next moment. But I couldn't drive home. I I because I kept just whoosh, those waves would crash over me. Denise had to drive. But all that next week, that's what I'm saying. The following week, I found out what the pastor's wife actually meant. Because one week later, seven days later, I died. Actually died. And then I met God. Um, and it was a billion times more intense than what I just experienced. We know as we look back. What was that, that a heart attack you had? I did. And, uh, and, and, and if you're, if you have any questions about now, you can go ahead and ask them, but I, otherwise I'll oh, go, go ahead. ahead and just, yeah, yeah. sure. Um, it, because like I said, this, this whole next week as it's passing, I was on cloud nine. I, I was, I was a new person and I felt clean. I, I, I felt like I had come out of a pig pen and I had just been scrubbed clean inside and out. I was so new. I, I, I was just like, you know, a, a new kettle. Bing! You know, it was, it was just like that. And so each day went by, I was just so amazed by it. But on the seventh day, that's why I'm, I'm at home and I, I woke up on this day. And, uh, and, and that's what I'm saying. It's all of this, what had happened to me, it happened on Halloween night. So on that night, the devil lost out in a big way. I realized that everything that Denise had been telling me, other people had been telling me, I actually now know that to be true. I know who this God is. And I'm thinking like, yes, okay. Well, on this seventh day, I woke up and I was, I was starting to feel, you know, I felt like I had some kind of... Um, uh, cold coming on, some type of flu or something. It didn't seem like it was that big a deal. And I didn't even pay much attention to it. Uh, but I started getting mad very fast. And um, I started then being labored in my breathing. I started having cold sweats. Excuse me. And uh, then ultimately, I started having pain radiating down my left arm. Now, I have to interject this because uh, some people, when they hear this, they say, well, my goodness, Wayne, didn't you know you were, yeah, those are serious symptoms of a heart attack. And well, maybe so, but no, I didn't think that at all. I, I mean, after what I had just experienced, that would probably be the very last thing I would have thought. And uh, the same thing with my wife, it was, it, and it just seemed like something that just came on just really fast and we just didn't think about it. I assume you're well, pretty young too. I'm sorry. I assume you're pretty young at that point. Yeah, yeah. So this was just a, like I said, it was a week before my 27th birthday. Okay. And uh, and so uh, I am 
uh, yeah, I've got, I'm in really good shape. I take care of myself, that sort of thing. And, and, and in fact, I feel even shinier than new now. So I was just in amazing, amazing feeling and condition and everything else. So I just thought, man, I never would have thought that. Uh, but uh, I tell my wife, Denise, at about, I guess it was around 7, 7.30-ish, as I recall now. Uh, and I said, baby, I'm, I'm just really not feeling well. I am, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and turn in early and uh, see if I can try to get some rest because I just, I just don't have any strength left in me. And she says, okay, baby, I'll, I'll go ahead and come in there. And I said, well, you don't have to. And she said, no, no, I, I want to. And I said, well, okay, uh, just come in when you want. That's all right. So I go ahead and, and go into the bedroom. I get ready for bed. And I'm trying to find some way to, uh, to get some comfort out of this because I'm really not doing well. Well, about a few minutes later, uh, Denise, she comes in and she gets ready for bed and she uh, pulls in next to me. Well, I am because I'm sure because I'm just not able to get comfortable and that sort of thing. I'm doing that. So she she turns uh, onto her uh, right hand side so that her back is towards me. And she just falls right to sleep. And it's that's what I always say. I'm just, I just I was always amazed as to how she can do this. She could just like fall asleep in a tornado. I don't know how my husband do. does that. His so barely hits the pillow and he's out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just like out. And uh, so, uh, but I was always envious of that. You know, I, I just would have liked, especially now, because right now I am just really not able to get any sleep. I can't breathe real well. I'm just flailing around trying to, I can't go to sleep on, you know, can't find any comfort on left side, right side. And so I just ultimately then turn over onto my back and I try to extend myself so I can get some air into me. And, and this, this throbbing that's going down my arm now is so bad. It's actually, I can feel my heartbeat pulsing with it. Boom, boom, boom. And all of a sudden in that moment, it just feels like an elephant out, came out of nowhere and just stomped, boom, right in the middle of my chest. And it caught me completely by surprise. And I just like, boom, you know, came up on the bed and I grabbed my chest like this. And, but I can only come up part way. This is so bad. The pain was so intense. And I tried to be able to call out to Denise, but I couldn't. The, the words were just like stuck in my throat. I couldn't get them out. The pain was just like gripping me so much. And so I, and I couldn't move either. And, and so I was starting to, to really just get scared. I, I didn't know what to do. And so in that moment, when I realized I can't do anything, I can't move, I can't talk. In my mind, I call out to God 
And I say, God, God, you've got to help me. Help me take this pain away. If you don't take this pain away, I don't know what I'm going to do. And just like a couple of seconds later, Peggy, all the pain went away. And, and, and of course, you know, I, I had been sitting there with hand, eyes clenched shut and everything else. And so suddenly with this release of this pain, I'm trying to take stock in and just notice, wait a minute, wow, God was listening to me. He took that pain away. And I'm thinking like, I'm actually much better now. I, I don't have any of these symptoms. I'm not breathing hard. I don't have the pain down my arm, anything like that. And I'm not, it's not difficult to, to, to breathe. And I say, I'm, I'm thinking like, I'm actually feeling kind of good. And in that moment, I thought to open my eyes. And when I did, I realized I wasn't in bed. I was actually standing beside my bed and I was looking down at this body that I knew was me. And I thought, I'm dead. It was more matter of fact. It, 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 it didn't seem like the, I mean, it wasn't like, oh no, man. it was nothing like that. It was just so matter of fact, I'm dead. And then I thought to myself, I don't look so good either. <laughs> so because this body that's lying there on the bed still has a hand clenched to it and this pain tortured look on the face. And, and, and I'm, I'm looking around and I'm seeing everything. And so what you've got to understand is that I'm suddenly able to see incredibly well like with superhero vision, it's at night. And of course we're in a darkened bedroom, but I can see clearly, I can make out everything. I can see these finest little details that I couldn't have been able to do anywhere else. And, uh, and like, I, I mean, I, I wear glasses, obviously I wasn't wearing glasses then because I was in bed. Uh, and so in this instance, this vision was just very, very well. And I'm able to just like fine tune details. And while I'm sitting here noticing this, because I can notice that Denise is, she's still laying there sound asleep. I hear this voice. Wayne. Did somebody just call me? And then I heard it again. Wayne. And I realized that behind me, there's somebody calling my name, right? And so I turned to look. And when I turned to look, um, see, there's my bed and beside it. So we're in the middle. So on my side of the bed, uh, just uh, about three or four feet to the wall, there's this big window that's open. And I can look out through the window and I can also see through the wall too, but you know, <laughs> it was just one of these things that I was, and that did not seem strange to me. It seemed like it was perfectly normal with this vision. I, I have like these senses that work in this environment, which are just so hyper, 
uh, able to do so much more than our earthly senses can do. And so I'm looking out this window and out the window, there is a curb out there, but there's a street, of course, that's uh, that we can see out the window there from our bedroom. And I can see that out on this curb, there's a woman sitting on this curb. And she is in this light. There's a circle of light that's around her. Now, there's no street lights or anything out there. And so uh, I couldn't tell where the light was actually coming from, but she's seated in the center of it and it's completely around her. And so I just do this completely natural thing that you would do is I walked right through the wall and it seemed perfectly normal and natural to do that as well and walked out to where uh, this woman was. And as I'm doing that, I'm thinking to myself, I know this person. There was this inner knowing in me and, and I'm trying to think, what's, what's her name? Um, Linda. Yeah, this is Linda. And you know, I, I, I say to myself, I didn't stop to think, who's Linda? You know, I didn't, I didn't know some woman named Linda. And so it did, but I knew that's who this was. And I didn't know why, but we knew each other. And so I walked to her and, and uh, I, I'm standing, she's, like I said, seated on the curb and, and she looks up at me and she's, uh, and I say, hi, you know, with this kind of a high of recognition, you know, and she looked at me and she smiled and she said, Wayne, there's someone that wants to meet you. And I said, really? Who? Well, she doesn't say anything. She just looks up like this. And in that moment, just like anybody else, you know, when you see somebody do that, you just look up. And so I did the same thing and I looked up what she's looking at, right? And the only thing that I can see up in the, it's a night sky, but I'm not seeing stars and everything. I'm seeing just kind of this black night with one tiny pinpoint of light that I think is like this tiny little star up there. And as soon as I start to contemplate this tiny pinpoint of light, what feels like these giant invisible hands reach around and grab me around my center and start to lift me up off the ground. Now, uh, I didn't, I didn't see anything connected with these hands or anything else, but you could feel them. And it actually felt really kind of nice and warm, you know, it, it, there was a comfort to it, a, a, a loving, gentle uh, caress. And, and I liken it to how you might pick up a small child and when you're playing with them, you know, that kind of thing. And it felt like that kind of thing, that, that kind of 
gentle, loving embrace. I didn't see who was connected with these hands or anything, but they were hands. I could feel them and they were lifting me up. Well, in that instant, as that starts to happen, well, it shocked me because I couldn't see anything, right? So I throw my hands out to try to steady myself like a cat, right? That's, I'm, I'm reaching out. And of course, it's silly because there's nothing that I can grab onto. It just seemed like it was a natural reaction to, to see what you, to, to that happening. And I'm also then noticing as I do that, I keep my hands there. But then I notice, wait a minute, I, I, I can see, wait a minute, there's Linda, she's going down away from me. Well, she's really not going down, I'm actually going up, right? And so that's what the deal is. But I didn't notice, I can see shoes on my feet. And, and then I notice like, I'm wearing some type of clothes. And, and it just struck me, wait a minute. That's kind of strange. I was just in bed. I, I wouldn't be wearing any shoes or clothes. I just thought, wow, an interesting observation. I didn't know why that was the case, but that was just all. And um, and so then as I'm, I'm looking around and then I notice then my left hand as I had had them out. And uh, like I said, I, I'm left-handed. And so that's just naturally where I would that's where I grasp things with, I do things with. And so uh, I noticed, wait a minute, as I'm looking at my hand, I notice that there's this glow, this purplish bluish glow that's coming from my hands. And I thought, Cool. <laughs> cool. <laughs> like, yes, yeah, so a, a real in-depth uh, observation that I made there. And, and that's one of the things that I, that I say, Peggy, is that, you know, when you die, you're the same personality that you were when you died than you were just a few minutes before. Right. There wasn't like some massive difference. And so that's here. We don't become saints. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I'm just noting this something and like that is really cool. And with this superhero vision that I have, I'm focusing on it. And as I focus on my hand, I can actually see almost completely through my hand because then I'm realizing, wait a minute, it's not opaque like my normal body would be, it's actually translucent. And I can see the veins and everything in my hand and there's light traveling in it. It's, it's, it's I like to say, it's, a, it's not a mini me, it's a light me. You know, uh, that's really what it is. I can recognize the shape and everything, it's me, only there's just light. Uh, coming through it, this purplish, bluish light. And I thought, that's really cool. Now, th there's a, a, an aside that I can make here too, and it is really kind of important. Uh, that's how we are and how I'm describing these as this kind of linear progression of events. 
you know, this happened, this happened, this happened. And it makes it sound as though a lot of time has actually taken place, but it's not. It is happening at such an incredible rate of speed that it's almost happening, what I would say, almost simultaneously. Um, It's just that I'm able to mentally compartmentalize each of these observations. I can look at this and make that observation. I can look at that, make that observation, but it's happening at an incredible rate of speed, just like super fast. And so at the same time, I am then of course still being lifted up, right? And I am noticing that I am going out and I'm in through the clouds. I'm up above the clouds. I can see the land masses of the earth as they go away. I can see the curvature of the earth and everything as I go out. And it's just, it's beautiful to to be able to look at. I don't know what's going on. But then as, as that is happening, I turn my attention and look at the direction that I'm going. Well, I go out into space and everything else. Uh, and uh, of course, it, it's dark. I don't know how much I've passed at this point, but I've passed planets and, and, and everything. I'm no longer in our solar system. I know that. But I'm out in space, in physical space. And up, up above me, which you know, above me, I don't know. It's just, that's what it appears in relation to me. It appears above me is this thing opens up like this, this funnel shape opens up in it. And this shape goes up and it makes a tunnel and I'm headed towards it. Well, I end up, uh, and you can look at that tunnel and uh, I guess as far as diameter goes, it would be, it seemed to me like it was quite large. So the diameter would be like uh, about 10 meters, like, like around 30 feet in diameter, right? And I then start to go up. Well, as things are happening, the, from the being lifted up, going out into space and things, I'm starting to actually increase in speed. And uh, as I go up and I enter into this tunnel, which is also dark, by the way, it's a dark tunnel, but in this tunnel, so space is dark, right? In this dark tunnel, but I can make out the difference. I can see it with this vision that I have. And as I go into this tunnel, the things that happen, first thing that happens to me is I feel this gentle, cool breeze. And it's not just like on the surface, it's actually like it's going through me. And it's so nice. It was, um, I like to say it's like if you were on vacation on a tropical island somewhere and you're sitting there and you're enjoying the, the, the weather and you've got this gentle breeze that just pours over you. And it's just, it was really good. It felt very nice. But the biggest thing that just really caught my attention 
is that all around the inside, packed shoulder to shoulder, Peggy, are angels. And I know that they're angels. And they are very large male figures, all have wings on, you know, on them. And, uh, and now all of their wings are, they're not outstretched or anything. They're, they're, they're like in a, a formation. And that's the best I can, I can say it. Uh, and, and they fill up this whole space all the way around the tunnel. And they are wearing almost like this uh, dark blue and metallic armor. Uh, very ornate, very nice, beautiful stuff. And they're in there. And I'm, I'm actually able to hear them and feel what's coming from them. They are excited for me to be there. And it, it, it's almost like, it, and, and not only are they excited for me, they are excited that they're a part of it. And, 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 and they're just like, it's this excitement that they're, and I can feel all of this. I can, and I can hear that the chatter and everything as they're talking amongst themselves. And it's like this, uh, I, I point out that the feeling that I got from this is like a, uh, uh, a saber arch um, in that when you have a military wedding, at the end of the wedding, the bride and the groom, you have a bunch of the, uh, the military guys, officers, non-coms, whatever. They are all lined up outside and they take their swords and they cross them over the top, right? And the bride and the groom is, walks through this thing. And it's, it's a very a respectful honor for them to be able to go through there. And that's what, that's what this felt like to me, that I was being honored in that way as I'm going through this tunnel. It felt like I was going through this saber arch. Um, uh, uh, only God's version of it, I guess, is what I would say. Well, as I'm going through there, and I'm, of course, I'm turning my attention more uh, to this light that's at the end of this tunnel. And at the same time, like I said, now all of these things happening so fast, so fast, so fast, I am going so fast now. And I can see outside of the tunnel. So it's like the tunnel is semi-transparent and I can see in the spaces between the angels and that sort of stuff as I'm going by, I can see planets and galaxies are streaking by at enormous speed, just like some Star Trek episode. It was really like that. <laughs> and I'm going, and I realized at this point, I'm going faster than the speed of light. I know that. And it's a knowledge that I have. But at that moment, I make that realization. Then what happens is I got very uncomfortable with it. My thought was, wait a minute, you can't do that. 
it's not possible to do that, right? It's my human mind is still working on me. And, uh, and so, uh, but I felt very uncomfortable. It was too fast for me. And the moment that I felt that discomfort, I started to slow down just enough. I was still blazing super fast, but just enough to where I felt comfortable with it. And as I go through, I'm focusing on the light and I can see at the end that there's another opening out into this different realm, this realm of light that I can see. And, uh, and there's this, still this, this light is uh, growing in my field of view, right? As I'm getting closer and there's this barrier that is like a, like a membrane almost, uh, that a, a doorway, portal, whatever you want to call, because there's the, the circular exit to this uh, tunnel. I can see it goes from this one spot instantly into this other realm. And, uh, but of course, outside the tunnel, I can still see space, right? But I end up going and I just like some kind of firework, right? On the 4th of July, I burst out into this new realm, this realm of light. And I'm still heading towards what I still think is a star. It's very large and it is brighter than, when I say it's brighter than 10,000 suns, it really is. Uh, there, it is so otherworldly that you just, it's not possible to be able to, to have a contrast with it. With which I've been in that light. I know what you mean. Yes. And it is stunningly beautiful. I, I was just mesmerized by it. And I'm still traveling towards it, by the way. And uh, as I'm doing this, it's just all-encompassing. Now, the difference is there's a boundary to it. Here I am in this realm of light, but I've got this star that's light itself, but there's a boundary to it that separates itself from the rest of the light. And as I'm still going towards it head first, I'm looking down into the center of this light and I realized too, this, this light, I have to talk about it for a moment. There, it's a white light, but it is, there is no white on this earth that is anything like it. It, it is, um, it, if we were to compare it with some new fallen snow, it would be like a mud hole in comparison to the beauty and the purity and the whiteness of this particular light. There was a, this level of purity that you can't compare it to because also, not only was it light, 
it was a living light. There was some, there was life to it. Um, it's hard to be able to put that in terms that we could understand, but I was in the presence of something alive and beautiful and wonderful. And I'm looking down into the center of this light and I can make out, Peggy, the form of a man. And I'm thinking, wow. And this man, now I can't see features and stuff because I, I can make out the shape and it's a man with his arms outstretched like this. And I notice that, wait a minute, this, this man is not in this light. The light's coming out of the man and it is pouring out of him and it's creating this. And I am just amazed by it. And his arms are, like I said, outstretched and I'm headed right towards him. It's like he was reaching out to hug me he, or welcome me, that type of thing. And at that moment, I entered the light. And when I say entered the light, is like I said, there was a boundary to it. And once I hit that boundary, I entered the light. But at that same exact instant, the light itself starts entering me. And there are several things that happen at the same moment. The, the, as I'm starting to be filled up, I am being filled up with the love of God. Uh, there, there is, uh, uh, let me parse this. First off, let's talk about the filling of the light. So I am being filled up with this light. Suddenly, it was like I was a, an empty container, uh, like a water balloon or something like that. And this light is filling me and it's, it's not, it's filling me up like it's already on the inside and it's filling me out. Like when you fill that water balloon up, it takes the shape of that balloon as it, as you pour more and more into it. Right. Well, that's what's happening to me. And it's, it's this love of God. Uh, I know that's what it is. Uh, and it is filling me so much, so much, so much. It's this pressure from inside of me out. And it's filling me up so much that I feel like I could actually explode from the pressure of it. And in that moment, once I make that realization, the pressure starts to ease up on me a little. And once I realized that, I hollered out. I said, no, don't stop. Give me all you got. <laughs> and then at that moment, I heard Jesus chuckle. <laughs> and, and I'll tell you about that in a minute because I know it was Jesus. He starts filling me back up and he fills me up 
only to the point that he knows it's as much as I can tolerate in my soul at this point. It's this love of God and this love of God was, okay, when we experience love here in this life, there's lots of different ways that we experience it, right? We, uh, we hopefully, or at least are knowledgeable about um, the love your parents are supposed to have for you. Some people have had that type of wonderful parental love before, or the love of a spouse, or the love of uh, uh, siblings, or uh, the love of friends, and all, all of these various different types of love. And of course, in English, we call it all love, right? Uh, but I, I think I would liken it to this big diamond. And this diamond is all love, right? But there's facets in it. And each of these facets are what that is. All of these different types of love are a facet of this one diamond. And so if what I was experiencing is if you were to take all of these different types of love, combine them all into one, and then multiply it times a billion into the most rapturous, ecstatic, blissful experience of love that you have ever known. It's not possible, actually, to be able to experience it in, in this earthly life. It's not. When I experienced the love of God in my first taste a week before, it was profound. It was very powerful. But what we now know when we look in the Bible and we say that it's a foretaste, yeah, yeah, that's what it was, because this was beyond belief. And I was just enraptured by it. And I, I wanted it. Oh, my goodness, I wanted that. But let me tell you this other part at the same time. Because like all of this is happening at once. At the same time as the light starts to enter me, I have this instant knowledge, Peggy. This is Jesus. This is God. This is the creator of everything. I have this instant knowledge, and, and it's not questionable. It's not, you, you can't, there is a level of knowledge here on, on this earth. We can say, are you sure, you know, is that really true? That kind of, but there is, when you're there, when you're in the presence of God himself, you have this unquestionable knowledge that this, and it came to me, this is the way, the truth, and the life. I knew this, that was true, and there was no questioning it at all. And, and, and what was really interesting, of course, remember, I had only been a Christian for one week. And, uh, and so I didn't even know at that particular point that that was a scripture out of the Bible. 
I, I of course, since found that out. But but right now, the, what I'm saying is even that knowledge came to me and I knew it was true. And with all of that, I started asking questions. A, a lot of them, everything from the meaning of life to mundane questions, everything else gets uh, uh, and Jesus then starts answering them, and he, he starts answering them in a way that's so uh, so complete. They're complete volumes of information at one time. It's like he has already thought about every possible other question you could connect with it or anything else. And so in your question, it's this whole book knowledge of information in its answer to you. And it's a complete answer. There's nothing else left to ask about it. You know, I never thought of it before until you just said that. Maybe other people have. I never thought of it. You know, say if we live on Earth 100 years and we don't get Alzheimer's or anything, you know, I think how intelligent, knowledgeable and wise would be. And then you think about those that has lived on the other side of that land of knowledge for hundreds or thousands of years, how intelligent they're going to be compared to oh, yeah. us. I never thought about it before. Well, and, and it's quite true when you, when you talk about that, because in the questions that I was asking, I was filled up with libraries, plural, of information. And, and the interesting thing about it all is I wanted all this information. I'm asking all these questions, just rapid fire, bang, 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 bang. and all of these answers are coming that fast. And with each one, I ask another one. And I was asking them so fast. And then I hear Jesus chuckle again. He was, he was amused by my asking questions. And, and he was more than happy to answer them all. But in relation to what you were just saying, Peggy, I was not allowed to come back with all of that information. I didn't know initially why, but one of the reasons why just like you say, it's not possible for us with these limited brains to be able to hold all of that. It's right. just not possible. But I was able to hold all of this information because I wasn't in a physical body then. But when you come back into it, then, then you're limited once again. And so a lot of that it came out. And, uh, but there was one and this is, this is the important thing. Ultimately, all of the answers to all of the questions I had was Jesus. In other words, every direction, every pathway to every question that we have, every life experience, everything, it all leads to Jesus. And, uh, and so when, when I, when I realized that, that all of this stuff, then I, I realized, wait a minute, everything about you is true. Everything written about you is true. And then I had this thought, the thought of a one week old Christian and so then everything about the cross, that's true too? 
And in that moment, what Jesus did is he transported me through time to that very location to where he was being crucified on the cross. And I was right there in front of him. I was at that space and location all around. You could see all around and with him right in front of me. I'm sorry. It, it happens every time. Yeah, I can't even watch Passion of Christ. You know what I mean? So I can't no. imagine. Well, because you know, Peggy, when you have an afterlife experience, every time we tell it, it's like reliving it all over again. And so when I get to that part, it is so emotionally crushing to me and at the same time, so wonderful. Because as I'm viewing him on the cross and, and uh, he, he looked so bad, Peggy, he was beat almost beyond recognition. He was going through such agony and pain. It was horrible. It was horrible. And, uh, and you mentioned the passion of the Christ. It was very much, that's the closest that I, I have ever heard or seen. You see all of these uh, crucifixes and everything, and you've got this almost pristine uh, body of Christ that's on there. And he's got a couple of things, and he's kind of hanging there loosely, and he almost looks comfortable. This was not at all what it was. He was on this Roman cross. His arms are stretched out very far. And, uh, and he's, you can see where half of his beard is actually ripped out of his face. There's blood pouring. And he's, he's like I said, beat so horribly. It's, it's almost difficult to even, you can't make out features on him at all. He was beat that bad. And then as I'm sitting here watching him, I get this, I'm able to hear his thoughts. And I know that while I'm sitting there with him going through all of that, I have this knowledge from him that if I was the only person in all of creation, Peggy, if I was the only one that ever said yes to him, he would have gone to that cross just for me. Would have been just enough. For me. And, and how do you, and I knew it was true. I knew it was true. I'm just thinking like, for me, for me, are you kidding? For me, the same as we would do for our children. Yeah, yeah. but so, so much more, so much more. And I knew that's what I'm saying is he would do that for me. 
And he would do that for every single other person. And what is the thing about it is he can do that. He's God. He's infinite. He can have and he desires to have a personal, intimate relationship with each of us, with each of us. And that is, is just, it's just beyond belief. And, and I, I, in that knowledge, Peggy, when that came to me, I really, really wanted that. I wanted it so bad. I wanted it so bad. And as, as that, I then change my, uh, start contemplating all of these other things that, 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 that just crushed me. That crushed me. I'm sorry. What did you want so bad? I wanted that love. I wanted that intimacy. I wanted that relationship. I wanted to do and expect this, if this infinite God wants that with me, I want that. If he wants me to have it, I want all that he wants for me. And I'm not going to turn away from it. I'm not going to, I, I, I may not feel worthy of it or anything else. I don't care. He wants it for me. I'm taking it. Okay. That done deal. And, uh, and so, and I knew that he knew me, you know, he, there, when we, when we are intimate with, with our partner, one, one thing about being married is the level of intimacy that you have. And that is from a level of knowledge of the other person, right? You know more about this person than anyone else extrapolate that at an infinite level. When the Bible tells us that the very hairs of our head are numbered, how well do you think he knows us? Right. That level of intimacy is just stunningly deep. And because it's infinite, it doesn't stop. It does not stop. We are going to be able to go for all eternity, never finding the end of that love for us. It's just amazing and amazing to think about. Yes, I want that. Well, I, I'm also then looking at, and then I'm starting to realize, I, I get this recognition because after I see everything that's happened, what Jesus has uh, done on the cross and everything, I recognize that I'm not the only one there. The Father is there too. And now it's, it's a knowledge of, I can't make out the form of the Father. I can see Jesus, but I can't make out the form of him. But I know he's there. I can interact with him. I can hear him and that sort of thing. And... Um, so what I'm recognizing, of course, as I'm uh, the surroundings, everything in heaven, I'm just awed by this place that we're in together. And I, 
I get this feeling. I realize, I look around and I'm thinking, this is home. This is, this is home. And it felt so good, Peggy. It felt so good. I, I, I liken it to, and this is what I talk about. It's like when you go on a camping trip, if you like to go camping, I like to go camping. And when, when I was younger and we would go out camping and it, it, it was always fun to do that, go out there and commune with nature, you know, make your campfires and cook over the open fires and all of that kind of stuff. But then at the same time, after a week or so, it's always nice to come back home, right? right? Because you want to be able to sleep in your own bed. You want to be able to have a nice, long, hot shower and get all cleaned up, you know, that sort of thing. It's always nice to go out, but it's always nice to come back home. There's nothing like it. And that's what I was feeling like. I've come back home. But then something down inside of me was, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I'm, something is kind of unsettling in me. And I'm thinking like, wait a minute. And I'm wondering to myself, I'm thinking in my own mind, am I going to be able to stay here? And then I direct that question out to Jesus and the Father. And I said, can I stay? And in unison, simultaneously, both Jesus and the Father just say one word, no. And it was a loving no. I mean, it was firm, but loving. And, but the voice of the Father, oh my goodness. Now, did you see him the same as Jesus, like a outline, invisible? No, you couldn't see anything of him. It, it was just like those were his hands that lifted me up. I couldn't see the hands or anything else, but he's, he's the one that's lifting me up, right? So I can't see him at all. But the, the knowledge that he is there, the space that he is taking up and everything, that I, I, I know exactly where. I know there's the father is in this spot here, which is coincidentally, I always thought was so kind of interesting. And here is Jesus at his right hand. He's on the right hand side of the father. Hey, I right saw hand. the opposite. I saw Jesus on my right and he was sitting on God's left. Oh, that's amazing. That's and I knew amazing. that wasn't biblically correct. Not at the time. I didn't think about it. But later, I'm like, you know, that's not what they say. But that's just yeah. what I saw. We go, no, that's that. And, and, and I guess if I had been on the other side of them, it would have been that way. You know, like it, it was just from the location that I was at. And I just thought that was just, oh, that's interesting. I didn't think anything about it at that time. It's only after you read the Bible and you see that Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. And I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. <laughs> You know, so you can you can make a punchline about it, but in actuality, yeah, he actually was. But they were in union. That that was the thing. They were like inseparable, and they did everything at the same time. And but the voice, they each had their own voice, and that was what was different. So I can hear Jesus and a, a gentle firmness where he says no 
but the voice of the fathers know could shatter and remove mountains. It was so powerful. It was, it reverberated into my soul. I thought I would break apart. It was just so strong. It's authoritative, isn't it? Yeah, it, yes, very much so. But again, it was a loving no. There was love to it, but there was just, it was, it was just like, you know, if you have the engine in a car where it's just so powerful, it, it's not that you're trying to be able to, to show all the power of this engine. It's just that when you turn it on, you know, it's just all there. Yeah, I called it male, firm, but loving. Yes. Well, and I'm glad you mentioned that, Peggy, because that was another thing. Jesus was was male. I, I mean, I knew that that the angels, I recognized them as being male, at least the ones that I saw. And the father, even though I couldn't make out his form, he was definitely, without a doubt, he was male. Um, I'm not saying that there aren't female angels. I just, I, to my extent, I just didn't experience them. And I'm not saying that there's uh, no uh, female aspect of God. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is I know Jesus. I know the Father, and they are both male, no question. Um, so, you know, and that's all I can speak to. And, and he's God, so there you go. So God is definitely in his most basic aspect is male. So that's I was I told was. no by him too. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah. But, but I was told I wanted to go back and I was told no, it was my time. But you're being told no, you can't stay. Yep. Well, and, and I'll look at it now too. I mean, I didn't know why. I, I knew that it was a firm no. And I knew in that instant, there was no arguing with them either. Right. It, it, <laughs> <laughs> there was no question yeah i was not going to be able to stay. you're not the boss there <laughs> yep no but, but but i thought i had asked very humbly and gently well i did but the answer was no and right. um, and it wasn't for me to question at that time and i understood that but when that happened though that at that time when i was told that no I started to then pull backwards out of the light. And, and then I, I, there was no way I was not in control of it. And, and, and so then there was this level of separation, just like when I entered it, the separation out and I'm going backwards. Now I can then look down over my shoulder and I can see where the, that funnel uh, exit, which is now my entrance, is there. And so I had come in head first, and so now I'm going feet first. Well, I kind of roll over in a sense, like I'm on a sled where I can see the direction that I'm going. And I enter back into the time. And as soon as I got pop into 
through this barrier, this membrane that separates uh, heaven and our earthly reality. And all of the angels are still there, all lined around there. And I'm going, it's just like everything else in reverse. Well, I go through and they're still all excited. Of course, I'm not excited at this point. <laughs> There's this level of disappointment that's in me because I'm not able to stay. That was just so amazingly awesome. Who wouldn't want to stay there? Uh, and you were done camping. <laughs> <laughs> but, and, and, and it wasn't like, don't, don't misunderstand. It wasn't like I wasn't thinking about my children or about my wife or anything like that. What I was thinking about more is like, wait till these guys get to be here. You see, and, and so that's more of what it was like. Uh, and so I'm going through there. I then ultimately come out the other side and back out into, uh, into space. And I'm still going just as fast. And I, I pass galaxies and then into our solar system. And I pass uh, some planets and, uh, and then I see the earth comes out in front of me. And it was the most beautiful, stunning experience. If, if I had to come back, that was worth the trip right there to be able to see just how beautiful the earth looked with these spiritual eyes. I can see this globe out in space, the blackness of space around it and the blueness and everything of, of the I earth. saw that at 16 in an out-of-body experience. I, I know what that looks like too. Yes, you can't amazing? ever forget. Ah, <laughs> oh, you don't, you can't forget that. And, and I, oh, chills again. Because I thought chills. astronauts don't even get to see this. Because they're exactly. inside a suit and a capsule. They're not out here just floating, looking down. I'm yep. sure, you know. <laughs> yep. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. And and as I'm coming to it, oh my goodness. Yes. And it is just like that. I think about that because there's one of the pictures from the moon to the earth, right? It's a famous one that they did from the first moon landing and uh, where they show the earth there. And uh, and I had always thought that I had always thought it would be so amazing to be able to see that. I had always wanted to do that. When I grew up, I had wanted to be an astronaut and I tried the longest time, but nothing compares, like you say, to this view. Oh, my goodness. Yep, that was an and easy I didn't day. understand how it's I'm, I was in the dark night, dark night sky amongst the stars, but yet Earth glowed. Mm. I didn't get that. And my husband had to explain to me years later. I was like, I don't understand the science of this. How's that possible? When you know, when you're in the pitch black dark, nothing glows, right? You, you, you look down at your basketball, you can't see it, you know, but th it glowed like it's yeah. this lights on it. He had to explain. <laughs> I'm not sure I really understand it, but <laughs> it was cool. <laughs> no, no. Well, and, and I, I, I just, I agree with you. And, and, and I see that the same type of, it the 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 blueness of it too and with yeah. the clouds that i was the color it was just amazing i just and it was amazing it. to think something imagine how heavy we can't even fathom and it was weightless just like i was mm -hmm. 
-hmm. And I, I was just amazed. At 16, I'm just like, wow. I felt like it was Earth was a soul because I was just this soul. And I was just floating there, still in space, feeling this wind. And I thought, Earth is too. It's just weightless as I am. How is that possible? It's so heavy. <laughs> <laughs> you know that it that that is true. And 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 I think there was another part of it too, as I look at it and I see just the uniqueness of it to know that that he has prepared that. Remember, as on the cross, he was he would have gone there just for me. That also meant that he created this earth just for me, you know, and everyone else. That's that's what I'm saying is that this whole this universe, everything about it, he's created it for me. He's got a plan for me. And it, it is not it's not a an arrogant way of looking at it. It's from the awe and just the the amazing honest of it to know everything that he did was his plan and his purpose for me for you for each of us that's how important we are to him and we're so protected there mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yes like here we're sitting ducks you know anything <laughs> can happen i can five minutes from now, i could fall down the stairs and break my neck and every bone in my body and be paralyzed yeah. you know we're every moment is a risk and but there we're just protected and the knowledge and yeah i get you <laughs> <laughs> well and but I, I i think the same thing too that's why we have angels that are given charge over us and these types of things yeah we can do some stupid things and we can do some accidental things but as i realize it and i look back on it now I can see how, how God has protected me my entire life. As I could, because I can look back now through my life through this different lens. And I went, right. Oh, that was you. Right. That was you. This yeah. was you. And I never gave him credit. I used to think that I had some kind of magic touch or that <laughs> lady luck or something like that, you know, that I'm just a lucky person. You know, somebody had that. It wasn't luck at all. It was God all along. Right. And I just never knew that. We now don't I, give credit when credit's due, do we? Yep. Yep. But now I know. So I, I'm ending up, I'm going back and, and I, just like I said, I go through, I can see, uh, and, and I'm looking at this, I'm watching the whole way coming in as it's coming in. And it's another thing. Look, I love our brothers and sisters in Christ. And, and, uh, and, and we don't necessarily here on this earth, uh, in this physical body, there are some things that we, you know, we struggle with and try to agree with, or, you know, have differences of opinion and stuff like that. Uh, but there, uh, and such as the, the, those particular brothers and sisters that believe in a flat earth. And I, I don't know why they think it, that it's necessary to, to believe that, but I, I just want to say that at least for, as we can say, having been there, 
it's not flat. No. It's, it, it doesn't have a dome over it. It's not some stars out in the distance and some dome that hangs up. No, the firmament is all of it, all of the space in between everything. And we ended up going through that firmament back to this earth. And uh, it, it's not, it, it, it actually, when you look at it like that, it makes it even that much more amazing how God works. Just like you say, how he just has it floating out in space. And you think about, wow, how amazing is that? But I end up then coming back in as I can see the, the, uh, the uh, land masses and everything that, and I'm watching it come in, go through cloud layers and that sort of stuff. And I come in to ultimately, <clears throat> over this area in Texas, where I'm at, and I, I get all the way in, and I can see Linda, she's still sitting there on this curb, and she's looking up and watching me come in. <laughs> well, I, at this particular time, though, I don't come out beside her. I am coming over the top of the house that we're in, and I go through... And again, I am going so incredibly fast, but with this superhero vision, I'm able to take in every little detail. And, and because when we are remembering our experience in our spiritual bodies, you don't forget and so you, I can remember every little detail. Uh, I remember going through uh, the, 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 the roof. I can see the shingles. I'm at eye level, right? Because they go from me. So I can see the grain on the shingles. I can see the, the structure of the, uh, uh, the building. You know, I can see uh, ceiling joists and all those kinds of things. I can see the insulation in there. I actually go through the, you know, the insulation. I can see the pink of the insulation as I go through it. I can remember that through the ceiling, which has this popcorn, this acoustic treatment. It was old 60s version, you know, the house. And I can, why? Because I'm at eye level with it as I go through, even though I'm going so fast. Well, as I come through, I'm right over the top of my body, which is still laying there. Uh, on the bed, and Denise, she's still asleep there, uh, still facing the same direction. Well, I then, feet first, I come into my body, but I come in through my chest, <clears throat> and uh, my feet enter in, and I come in, and it's almost like my body reorients or itself so that it aligns up, but when it kind of clicks or locks into place, for lack of a better term, to be able to do it, because I had been going so fast, it was like, bam, and the, the power of that from where I was going, the, uh, when I had locked into my body, I had this rebound, this physical rebound effect that threw my body up off of the bed 
not on the side, but over the end of the bed, out into the middle of our bedroom floor. And I landed face first on my chest, boom, just like that. And it was with this loud thud. <clears throat> Makes me think of baseball and you're sliding in home. <laughs> yeah. Only it was worse than that because, like I said, my, my body was physically airborne and thrown out there and with this thud landing there <clears throat> excuse me sorry then that loud noise is what woke denise up she starts to you know she's startled with what, what was that and instantly i'm in pain again um yeah suddenly that realization of that loss of the freedom and openness and everything that I had had previously is now gone. But it's different. It's not like the pain that I had when I when I first died. It's like this burning, you know, like when you have an injury and it's trying to heal. It's this burning through my chest. And I'm I'm weak and I'm not able to speak yet. I'm, I'm not, I don't know, it's just my body is in a in kind of a state where I'm not able to get my voice to work yet. And Denise is now, she's rolling around and she's feeling around on the bed. Now remember, it's still dark. By this time, it's, I believe it was, it's around four o'clock in the morning as I remember. Now, why is this detail blurry? Well, I'm back in my body again. again. So these memories that you have in your regular brain, sometimes those fade. Uh, but she's feeling around on the bed. Well, she can't see me because it's really dark. Well, I have crawled around to turn around and I am trying to crawl on the floor back. I'm, I'm needing to catch her attention. So what I do is I, I'm thinking to myself, if I can reach up and grab her foot, I can catch her attention this way. I had one person remark that probably just scared the bejesus out of her. And I, I'm sure it probably did, but I didn't have any other way that I could think to do that. And so I reach up onto the bed and I grabbed her foot, which it did. She lets out a, you know, like that. And she looks over at me and she says, Wayne, this kind of shock. What, what, what are you doing on the floor? That type of thing. And, and what's going on? And, uh, and I then try to force out with everything, with all the strength I have left in me, is I just met God. And she went, what? And her eyes, she just like really big. And I said it again. I was thinking like, I don't know what else. I just met God. And then I collapsed on the floor. I, I didn't have any strength left in me. And, and she then immediately jumps up out of the bed and, and runs around to me and gets beside me on the floor. 
And I spend the, the next hour just trying to explain to her. She's concerned about me why I'm on the floor and I'm not wanting to talk about that yet. I want to tell her everything that happened to me. And I did. And, uh, and that leads up to this point. And she said, Wayne, I think you've had a heart attack. We've got, I've got to call the ambulance and get you to, uh, to the hospital. And I said, no, no, baby. And then my no to her and under this situation, she, she gets very <laughs> forceful with it. Well, what if you have another heart attack and you die for good this time? And I just calmly looked at her and I, I understood she was scared. And I smiled and I said, baby, Jesus is not going to have me come back just to have me die again. And she looks at me and she went, okay. I said, I will go to the hospital, but I need an hour of rest first. I, I got to have some strength. And, uh, and so I, she, she agreed, we did there. I, I, I got about an hour and a half of rest. They, they opened up at eight o'clock and I wanted to be one of the first ones in there. Ultimately, this would be, you know, for another, another time, but I, I told everybody. I was, any person I came into contact with, I, I told them at the reception desk, I told everything loud enough so the other people in the waiting area, they could hear that I died last night and I met God. Would you like to hear about it? <laughs> I told, and then loud enough for them to hear in the back. I told the nurses, I told the PAs, and I went through the whole story with my doctor as well. And, uh, and I just, I, I, I was not going to not tell anybody. I was just, I didn't care if they thought I was crazy. I knew what happened. And I this was 1989, happened. right? Yep. And, yep. and so that wasn't talked about back then. I mean, did you know the word near-death experience? No. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't think so. <laughs> I, I, I didn't, but you know what? Here was one of the things that I think about. I had spent my whole life wanting to know this God that created everything. And I had always said to myself, God, whoever, whatever you are, if you will introduce yourself to me, I will follow you for all of my life. And I meant that. And, and now I had that chance. And Did they confirm to, you had a heart attack? Yes. I ended up, of course, after, uh, during the time I was uh, telling my doctor about it, he did, um, he, he told me all these things that he needed to do. He needed to get some blood. They were going to do an enzyme test. He said that was going to be able to make, to verify whether or not I had a heart attack. He was going to do a stress test to measure my heart, to do an a electrocardiogram to be able to check it as a beating and all of that kind of stuff and, and a few other things. Ultimately, what he ended up doing is he came back and he has his arms crossed like this. And he says, well, Mr. Fowler, test results came back. It appears that you have had a massive heart attack. 
And I looked at him and he says, and all of the other tests show that there is absolutely nothing wrong with your heart. And I just looked at him and I smiled and I just shook my head. Yep. Was this due I, to the chicken pox? Uh, I no, I personally, I believe now it was all as a result of the enemy. The devil comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. The devil took my life. That was him. Remember, I had belonged to him all of my life. And, uh, but God is not the author of death. He is the author of life. And he's the only one that gives life. And so while the enemy had intended for me to die and be done with it, God had another plan. And that plan was to give me my life. And, and so think about this. I didn't know for the longest time, why, why did he do that? And I really wanted to stay. But as I look at it today, with because I would tell people, that's why, if no, for no other reason, no one was going to shut this Texan up. <laughs> and, and that was just it. Think I'm crazy? It doesn't matter. I'm going to tell you that was what was important. And I knew here, here was one of the things that actually kind of really seriously motivated me. And that was how Jesus had told me he would have died just for me. Then I'm going to be willing to do whatever it takes, even if it makes a difference in just one person's life. And, and I never stopped to think that he had even had a plan to do this far more than that. And, and Peggy, it is so important now, and, and that's why, of course, that, I, that I'm doing so much. I'm trying to use YouTube or Facebook or the internet in order to try to get to reach a wider audience. Jesus is coming back, and that was one of the other things that he let me come back with. He's coming back and he is going to rapture or I prefer the term resurrection. I don't like to actually use that term rapture. There's some people that don't like it or whatever, but I call it resurrection. And, and he's coming back to resurrect his bride and he's going to do it before this tribulation starts. And I'm just wanting to be able to tell as many of his uh, people that are going to belong to the family and as much of his church as I can to wake them up so that they are watching and ready for this when it happens. That's you my goal. Can start telling in 1989 right after this and continue. I mean, we'd have internet back then, but I mean. I, I did. Uh, I have, like I said, the very first person that I saw, which was Denise, I told her. The very next people I saw, everybody at the hospital, I told every one of them. Uh, I have not stopped uh, speaking. I would speak to groups of people. Uh, then I uh, had a radio broadcast when it started to, to, to come out uh, about that. And then ultimately now, I mean, you know, you, you get to uh, 
some people have asked me, well, why have you waited so long to put it on YouTube, for example? And my answer to that was, I was waiting for God to tell me according to his timing. He's the one who does that. Uh, it was another reason. This is like, for example, um, have I written a book? No. And why not? Well, one of the reasons I asked God about it, I, I prayed about it. Do you want me to do that? And he told me no. And <clears throat> I, and so the I'm thinking that the reason for it, there are some people that have a concern that there might be a, you know, a motive other than, you know, some money motive or some other motive beyond actually just uh, just telling about it and several things that that god showed me is like for example how many you know we've got a billion and a half at, at least professing christians uh in the world today and what did it start with 12 people so i, I you know god can do anything with this he, he, he and I, I just want to be able to give the message out and, and let them do that. And I don't have anything against anybody that writes books or anything like that. It's not about that. It was just that it, for me personally, he did not want me to do that. Well, you're so. such a good storyteller. I mean, you're going to reach more people by um, on YouTube, I think, than we do really on our books. I'm, I'm hoping most that of us, true. not everybody, but most of us. Sure, sure. And, uh, and, and uh, truly, that's, that's what I like about it. I, I, I prefer the interaction uh, with people as well. And, you know, as, as the Holy Spirit leads, that's what I want to be able to do. Um, and, it, and it is true. It, I, I can, the stories, the telling of stories, that's what Jesus did, right? When he tells right. us all the parables that's that's how he reaches people and it's 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 interesting to people and people will remember those did uh, you figure out who linda is i never did and, and you know <clears throat> i knew that at the time that there, there's been people that have said that well linda is my guardian angel i i don't know i i just really don't know and and I think ultimately, here's what I thought about that. She was commissioned with doing one thing, and that was pointing me <laughs> to him, right? And, and he was the important person in the story, right? And I agree with that. That's, that's the thing, too. I'm not giving my story. I'm giving his story. It's all about him. And, and, and that's what I'm saying is one of the scriptures tells us freely we have received, freely give, right? And so that's what I'm doing. How can you put a price on what gift he has given to me? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I'm going to tell people, definitely. When did you lose your wife? She died in uh, 2011. And, um, and it was, it was just devastating to me. It, it truly, truly was. Um, 
It truly was. It was, it was so difficult. And actually it was because of that ultimately that led me to come to Australia. And uh, uh, my daughter was not, she couldn't even come to the house anymore. It, it was just one of those things that all of the memories and everything, it was just such a difficult thing. And, uh, and so that led to that, but it was God's doing. I am so thankful for her and I loved her so deeply. And, and, and I'm thankful even in that regard, <clears throat> because it's because of her that I truly understand what love is about, because I had never truly experienced that. Was before. she sick or did she die suddenly? She died suddenly in my arms. Uh, she went into, uh, she had a cardiac arrest. Oh. And, um, and uh, you know, I, I, I am even thankful in this her very last words to me, Peggy, were, I love you. The last three words she ever said. What an amazing story that is, too. But that chapter may be closed in my life, but I know where she is. Right. And... Uh, it, it, it may be for another story because I've actually, the Lord actually brought me there to see her uh, and to experience heaven in a, in, a, in a deeper way after that, because I was just so crushed. I wanted to die, Peggy. I, it was, I would not take my own life, of course, but I wanted God to take mine. I just could not imagine life without her. It was just so devastating to me. But at the same time, it, it allowed God and me to become that close. And, and that was actually ultimately the most important thing, right? It, everything, he turns everything around for good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. That's what the scripture says. This may have been a horrible experience in my life, but look at how he's turned it around. And I'll see her again. I know I will. Yeah. You know, when you were talking about the white light, I'd never thought about this before, but when you were talking about it, well, go, it, it made me wonder, because we think, why bright white light? You know, we hear it all, why? And I got thinking, I wonder in my little imagination if it's because we can't hide. You know, if there was trees and or couch or we could hide, you know, probably in that white light in that moment, we would probably all instinctively want to hide. And when you're in that bright white light and there's nothing, you're like in a, like a deer in a headlight. Look, you know, yeah. you're just you're dealing with it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I, 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 I believe that. And uh, of course, what does uh, John tell us that God is light? right? And he also says that God is love. And, and, and those two things, that the, the two are synonymous with each other. You can't separate love and light. Uh, just like, uh, you know, 
darkness and evil, those go together, but it can't coincide with love and light. And that's the only thing that comes from God. There's the, the enemy, and that, that, that's really ultimately what I want to kind of end this on, and that is the truth that, one, God is real. Two, Jesus is real. Three, Jesus died on a cross for each and every one of us because he wants to have that relationship with us. Four, hell is real. Five, the devil and his fallen ones are real. So just like, you know, that's just to point out, if Jesus is our savior, don't we have to be saved from something? What are we being saved from? We're being saved from that hell. And I just want people to, you know, just like I had to give Denise, in that moment, I had to give her the benefit of the doubt, and I found out it was true. I'm hoping that anybody who sees that and is questioning and has that doubt, they'll give us the benefit of the doubt because we have been there, we have experienced it, and we are telling them the truth. And heaven is real, and the earth is round. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Well, it has been great. I have thoroughly enjoyed this, Wayne. Well, thank you, Peggy. I appreciate it. And look, uh, let, let's stay in touch. If anybody wants to be able to uh, contact me or if they have any questions, just go ahead and uh, let them uh, contact that uh Wayne Fowler, NDE at gmail.com. That is uh, an address and I will answer any questions or any email that I get to that. That's specifically for that purpose. And, uh, and, and so send them my way. Uh, I have, of course, the YouTube channel, which is We Are The Overcomers. And, uh, and so you can do any, any search for that on YouTube and you'll you'll find that information about me. Okay. No, that's a different email than I used, right? So you have no, you actually did use that one. I think it was um W a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Flower, Not that one. That's my and then 999 at Gmail. That's my personal email. Oh and sorry. I, yeah. <laughs> sorry. So uh the uh, link that you had to with this one was in the Wayne Fowler Indie. Oh, okay. Yeah, which is perfect. Okay. Okay. At gmail.com. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, Peggy. If you have anything else, just give me a buzz. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now.